I, I, I maybe I did play it just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! You won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative and your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Welcome back to 88.3 WHT's After Further Review. That's hit a lick for you here with that beat. And David the Man of God Harris is going to hit a lick with the Pittsburgh Steelers. As we go into our individual teams, he's a Steelers fan. I'm a Bears fan. And Frank Bashner is a Lions fan. And we'll also talk a little bit about the Browns. And he'll give those teams their individual grades on their uh, draft picks. Also, some uh, uh, Rockets got uh, drafted. Well, Logan Woodside got drafted in the seventh round, which... I'll be honest with you, that's not bad. I know some people were kind of surprised by that, but I never really thought that uh, Logan Woodside was ever going to be like an NFL quarterback. I'm not trying to hate on him. He had a really great career. What's going on there, David? No, just just prepping mentally for this rant. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of background noise. And then, uh, like I said, uh, Logan Woodside, hell of a talent, um, went in the seventh round. Maybe I thought he could have went a little bit higher, um, but some teams didn't really think so. But then again, though, this was kind of a – a rich, uh, talented drive, especially with the the quarterback uh, positions. And then, as we talked earlier with Brian Bucky, there was a lot of guys that signed on as uh, NFL rookie free agents. And you never know; sometimes it might be better to be a rookie free agent than actually getting drafted by a team. Um, usually, those teams that get you as a free agent really, really want you, and you know, want to see you succeed with them. Um, but David, well, I guess we'll start with the Steelers and let you get this uh, rant off your chest. Okay, so. For those of you that know, 28th pick, Steelers selected Terrell Edmonds, safety from Virginia Tech. And again, like we said in the first segment, you know, this is not anything personal. I respect the guy. He comes from a great football family. His brother got drafted, you know, 12 picks before him, Trini Edmonds. But that's just not the right pick. If, if you look at the experts and looking at McShane Kuyper, who were pretty solid in terms of their scouting. Todd McShay had Terrell Edmonds as his 84th ranked player. So thinking, you know, day two, mid third round, maybe late third round, like Mel Kuyper, again, thinking a guy that he thought was more likely to go at day two because he was more of a slot, slot versatile safety and looking at the tape and Remember, these experts look at tape. I watched you know, a lot of tape because, again, coming into the draft, safety was one of our biggest needs. And for me, Terrell Edmonds was deep down the board. I had guys like Ronnie Harrison, like Justin Reed, of course, Derwin James. The Derwin James wasn't falling all the way to 28. And so for me, it comes for a variety of different respectables. One, if you're going to go safety, which we got Sean Davis coming back. We just picked up Morgan Burnett, a veteran safety in the offseason. Okay, so do we need three safeties on the field? Do we need three safeties in the locker room? No. So you're going to go safety from there, looking at the personnel that you already have. But if you're still bent on getting safety, Jermaine Edmonds wasn't even the best available at that time. There was still, again, Justin Reed, Ronnie Harrison were still available 
for the year that 28. And so if you're going to go safety, why not get a better player? Again, if you want to think about going secondary, which, again, was a big need for the Sears, considering he got torched by Blake Bleep and Bortles. So why not go corner? You know, corner's a position that's always been need. You see that Joe Hayden kind of a shell of himself. You really haven't had the best of luck. Are you burned? Hit or miss? Got burned a couple of times. Go Mike Hughes, a guy who, in my mock draft 2.0, I had going as high as the team. Like, I had him going... 15 in one draft to Green Bay because he was that dynamic of a playmaker at the quarterback position and it would address the major need. But even even just all that, I think my biggest thing is that coming out of Pittsburgh, the reports are always going to kind of play that Shazier spot where his primary position is going to be inside line or covering over the tight end. And so we were talking a little bit during the commercial break, kind of before we came back, about when you when you're drafting late in the first round, you're in that cluster of teams that have realistic shots of winning the Super Bowl, anywhere from 25, 26 to 32. Like those are the teams that the previous year had the best chance of winning the Super Bowl. And so these are the guys that are supposed to be your piece away from getting over the hump. If, let's just say for Troy Edmonds, your primary job is getting a tight end. You're covering the tight end, making sure he doesn't get anything. Like, this man is not covering Rob Gronkowski. Like, there are all pro players that can't cover Rob Gronkowski because he's a freak of nature. And one of his weaknesses for Terrell Edmonds was missing tackles, you know, takes inconsistent angles to the ball, miss open field tackles, you know, can take the worst of the position, too aggressive and, you know, biting and getting forced into recovery, lacks instinct. Like, this can't be your 28 overall pick. This can't be your first-round talent if he lacks the instincts to play the bleeping position. And for all the Steelers fans that are drinking the cool, they say, oh, trust the process, trust the process. No, I'm going to be critical of the process because I love my team well enough to not drink the Kool-Aid every year that we make a pick. Just because I question the pick doesn't mean I have to like the pick. Do I think he can help our team? I hope so. I'm rooting for him to help our team because I, as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, as a lifetime Steelers fan, as a Pittsburgh hater, I want my hometown team to do well. But at the same time, looking at the tape, can he be for us what we need to get over that hump? And my, for me, the answer is no. I think there are a lot of – two in particular, Justin Reed Mike Hughes, were two better players that could have helped us get over the hump better than what they tried but I wish him the best of luck because you're coming to an organization, a team that values defense above all else. And we're not afraid to say, hey, if you're not cutting it, you will hear about it. And so I'll be the first to say, Terrell, welcome to Pittsburgh because you're already coming in with people looking at you like, nah, were you really the guy that we all wanted? And so... Again, so all you see other fans drinking the Kool-Aid, like, you can keep drinking the Kool-Aid. That's fine. But I'm going to be realistic about my fandom, and I didn't like that take at all. So can I ask you this, though? Do you really think Ryan Shazier is going to come back and play in the NFL? I, I don't no. I don't think he I, – I really – the way he's looking, I know he probably is hopeful, but he probably needs to kind of worry about being more of, you know – 
the rest of his life and walking and trying to perform at the NFL level. And if he does come back on a football field, I don't know if he can perform at that level. And I, I really think, you know, you're rooting for him, but it's looking like the way he was – because he went up there and he, he announced the pick, but he's got a long journey in front of him, and it doesn't look too good. Yeah, and that was a quick side tangent kind of – as I watched that, like I was happy mm-hmm. that he was able to walk, just kind of one of his own power. But as it was said all last week, is that really the image that, as the NFL, you want to project? Like all these rookies, all these young bodies, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old coming into this league. Like, do you really want them to see on the greatest night of their lives? the realistic possibility of what can happen to you if a play goes wrong, like, like that man, like we had a prayer circle and we were praying, like people are praying for him to simply be able to walk again. Like what? Six months ago. Mm-hmm. Like, like people, like, I, I think that was a bad look for the NFL. Like great story, great storyline. I'm happy that, Brian Shazier is able to walk again. But on the night in which you're welcoming new new bodies into the NFL, where this game is already, we know it's physical. That's why they signed up for it. And to have Ryan Shazier walk, walk out there the way that he was walking that, and showing people like, hey, one wrong tackle that you've done a thousand times and this could be you. Like, that, that's risky. That's risky from the league. Now, did you get it off your chest there, uh, David? Partially, but, you know, I don't have another hour. <laughs> and now we go like, to, I could rant for an hour. We go to the other teams. Uh, how about we look at the Browns? Go with them because they're in the same division as the Steelers. Overall, aside from the Den- you know the questionable picks of Denzel Ward and Baker Mayfield, like, I really think – they did successful on day two. I like the Austin Corbett pick from the Valley, really dressing the line. A lot of people think he's going to be that replacement long term for Joe Thomas. I like the Nick. I really like the Nick Chubb move mm-hmm. because now you really get a. Yes, you pass on Saquon Barkley, but you know Nick Chubb has shown throughout his college career, shown flashes that he can be a great running back in the league. Some people think of him, you know, in that Todd Gurley mode. But I think also getting that running back, seeing Nick Chubb is now your everyday back and Carlos Hyde that you just brought in is more of that third down power back, more goal and physical. Like that that was a smart like that was a smart decision. Chad Thomas from Miami, you know, they showed during the draft, like, you know, he was a record producer. And so, you know, from off the field a little bit, at least if the Browns are stinking, they can actually at least have a guy in the locker room that makes some good music. But yeah, like other than that, like I think for me, the biggest question for the Browns continue to be that first round and then like really taking a chance on Antonio Callaway from Florida, who had a lot of off-the-field concerns. And so that's going to be one where if he can stay on the field, he can be productive, but if that's staying on the field. So I think both were all the Cleveland Browns. Like I would, I would give them a solid B, or, you know, B minus to B, just depending on 
again, how well Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward do is going to be a big factor as to how this draft is looked at for the next five years, ten years, outlook. Now, we'll move on, I guess. Uh, like I said, we're not against the picks. Just, you know, where they, where they were picked at is probably where the more the, the controversy comes. What about the Bears? Oh, I, I like the Bears. A lot of people are kind of looking at the first few picks, which I think were steals. I think Roquan Smith, linebacker, we talked about him in the last segment. But getting James Daniels, the center, a guy that I thought, you know, first-round talent, I don't care about what Pro Football Focus says about who the best center is. Plaza, plaza. Like, I think James Daniels was the second best center behind Billy Price. So I think getting him in the second round, great steal for the, Benz off, the Bears offensive line. Because you need, again, you need someone to protect your investment. And if you're going to invest in Mitchell Trubisky all this money, starts up front. And a guy like James Daniels, you can really orchestrate that line. I really like that pick. Also, wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Miller gets a, a lot more praise maybe the next two or three years, just in terms of, you know, you think of some of these, you know, group of five schools where wide receivers from past happy offenses. But Anthony Miller is a solid, consistent wide receiver, and that's, and as you know, that's one of the things the Bears really didn't have last year was a solid, consistent wide receiver who can catch the ball regularly. And so I think that'll be – it'll go down as a highly pick, a smart pick if he pans out. But, again, you know, you know fits for fits. But then also I like Bilal Nichols, like small, another small school, Delaware. But anything to help that front seven. I think, I think the Bears did pretty decent. It's just a matter of time to see kind of how things pan out. But I fully expect the Bears to really – Enjoy this draft class. What about the Lions? Maybe not as much excitement. I think a lot of people, and this goes back to my previous comment about James Daniels, people are kind of 50-50 on the Frank Ragnow pick. Pro Football Focus put out that you know he was their best offensive lineman prospect in a long time, he didn't give up a sack, like, when he was playing offensive line, which for me, it's like, okay, that's your job. Like, you're not supposed to give up sacks. Like, so now we're praising you for doing your job. But for me, just kind of looking, if this is who ownership wants to, again, protect the investment, this is who you get. I think it was, you know, again, it's 50-50 pick. Some people like it, some people hate him. I was like, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. The carry-on Johnson take in particular is one that really surprises me because you haven't had a hundred a rushing running back to go for a hundred yards since the Thanksgiving game in 2013 or 14. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know it's been at least four or five years since you had a hundred-yard rusher. And I think carry-on Johnson is more versatile running back, kind of in that kind of. David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, mode where he's kind of more of a pass catcher. I would have really liked for them to get a more physical running back because you tried the kind of shape, you know, the shifty running back with bringing in Reggie Bush, drafting Amir Abdullah. Like, for me, it's like 
Get someone who can be your every down back who, yes, he can catch out of the backfield, but he can also bring the punch. Because, again, thinking about that division, if you don't have a running back that can really scare you, people are going to, the defense is going to be like, hey, put eight in the box, put nine in the box. Maybe we'll have two safeties stand back just for the off chance that you throw the football. But they're going to blitz like crazy. And hopefully, Kerryon Johnson has the ability to alleviate some of that pressure. I still think passing up, you know, running backs like a Sonny Michelle, like, um, like a Nick Chubb, like those kind of running backs really would have helped them a little, or even passing up on Darius Geis, I think who would have been a perfect fit. Now I had them taking him in the first round. Like, there's just some questions that are left to be answered and kind of people with ownership in Detroit always have questions that they want to know and kind of what's going on. But yeah, you know, uh, the fourth round pick to Sean Hand. It's going to be interesting him going back to Detroit after spurring University of Michigan for Alabama in college and the vitriol that he got on social media. So I'm sure he hasn't forgotten what he was said about him on social media. That's going to be an interesting reunion. Yeah, it should be. And now uh, Matt Ryan gets that five-year big contract and also Jason Witten retires. What were your thoughts on that as we pretty much did a good NFL dish? Uh, I think Jason Witten, I think it was, I think it was right for him kind of seeing that transition kind of that last little bit of the old guard for Tony Romo. Kind of, I think it was rightfully due. I think he's earned his keep. I think he's going to be in that conversation for when we look back, great, reliable Hall of Fame tight ends. He's in that group with the Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates, but he's going to be, consider one of those great tight ends. And I think when you think about Mr. Reliable guys, he's he's going to be a significant loss for the Dallas Cowboys. Because now it's basically, hey, it's Ezekiel Elliott. You've got to be the focal point of this offense. But I think just kind of looking back, I think the time was right. Got a position, joined the Monday Night Football crew. I think that's one of those opportunities that you really just can't pass up. You think he's and a Hall then, of Famer? Do you think he's a Hall of Famer, though? And I don't know about first ballot, but I mean, he did make eleven Pro Bowls in fifteen seasons. Um, but the fact of the matter is, some people are saying maybe him going to television will actually help him get into the Hall of Fame too. Well, I, I think on the field performance, yeah, he's not a first ballot, but I could see him getting in, you know, year three, year four, just depending on because they can other guys that may still be on ballots from previous years and looking at some of the other guys that are retiring around him. Yeah, I think he, I think he's had a Hall of Fame career just overall. I think putting up the numbers kind of all tie some of the records that he's last, lasting effort. For sure he's going to go into the Dallas Cowboys ring of honor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for, like, like that, that's a no-brainer just because, I mean, how many Dallas Cowboys tight ends can you name that were great in the way that Jason Wynn was, both in terms of his reliability and his durability. And then, yeah, so I think a career well served, and he's going to be good in the booth. And then and Matt then, Ryan. I think he, I think he's worth the money. 
Really? There's some like, people that are just saying he's a choke artist. He's not one, you know, there's some people that were saying they picked 10 better quarterbacks than him. And there's some people that are saying, well, yeah, he is worth the money. And, you know, last season they lost their offensive coordinator, and then they were saying their offensive coordinator was the one who was making the bad play calling in that Super Bowl. Uh, like I said, your thoughts, you think that he is worth the money. Yeah, I think he's – if you look at some of the other quarterbacks that got the Nick money, the Andrew – or the – Derek Carr, who's young but unproven, he's shown flashes. You think about Matt Stafford, who, let's just say, if you're trying to give big money to Matt Stafford or Matt Ryan, which one are you giving the big money to? I'm giving it to the guy that's had playoff success, that's gone to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I should have won it, but, you know, 28-3, to forever living infamy. But, yeah, I think with his talent, with his ability, he's not he doesn't get hurt that much either. And so that durability, that reliance, having a strong offensive line, is he aided by having a guy like Julio Jones, the cast one? Yeah. But even this past season, you saw the emergence of the rest of that receiving core. You saw the Tyler Gabriel. You saw kind of him use this tight end. So it really wasn't just the Julio Jones show. And so I think now having the dual threat running back kind of, like he has pieces around him to where that offense is clicking at a way that I think can have the ability to resemble the greatest show on turf with the St. Louis Rams in the you know, late nineties, early two thousands. Like he has that ability to be that quarterback to lead him to that promise land. It's just a matter of can the can the stars align in a way to for him to get back to the Super Bowl because it's hard in the NFC. But he was able to do it, and I think rightfully so. He deserves the money. Mm. And yes, it's the you know, first thirty million dollar quarterback, and NFL, NBA players are like, "Hey, you guys got the thirty million dollars a year. Congratulations!" And it's even doing that. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Now, so David, uh, what's uh, coming up for you next uh, this weekend? Actually, I know we took the we took a week off, but we finally got some uh, uh, got it in for you for the NFL. Well, I mean, it's rookie, like you said, it started rookie minicamp this week. So, I mean, looking at some of how these rookies do, granted they're in pads and helmets, so, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. But first time you get to see these rookies wearing your collars. So I think looking at the rookies and then that whole NBA playoffs thing, yeah, LeBron Rue, rookies Rue. But basically, LeBronto, as he pretty much uh, did it. We'll probably talk a little bit more NBA next week. Hopefully get Darren Cohn on the show as well. Uh, David, man, have a good weekend. All right, you too. That was David, the man of God, Harris. As We got a full session of the NFL draft, his thoughts, and his grading process on it. We talked about the first round a little bit, notable, notable especially with the top ten picks. So you can listen to our podcast on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Once again, congratulations to Zach, Jed, and Ian as they graduate today. So we had to, you know, put that out there for you guys. Also, uh, thanks again to Frank Vashner calling in, uh, giving us his NHL power play. Also, we're back on the air on the radio FM dial as the tower is back up and running, so you can always listen to us on Saturdays 11 to 1. And as I mentioned before, if you want to listen to the podcast and you missed it, Make sure you go on over to SoundCloud or iTunes, WXUT's After Further Review on SoundCloud, and just After Further Review on iTunes. For David and Frank, I'm Derek Lawson. This has been a presentation of 88.3 WXUT's After Further Review. We'll be back next week. Peace. I'm out.